Welcome to Walk It Out with Trisha Goyer, where I share inspiring stories of ordinary people who walk out God's Word and discover radical results along the way. I've been writing books since 1994. Well, at least I've been dreaming about writing books from 1994. It took about five years before I got my book contract. But along the way, I've met so many authors and it's so fun to hear the journeys that God has taken them on. I guarantee not one person has had a straight path. They found twists and turns just like the novels that they're involved in and the stories that they write. There's moments of dread where they're sure that they're going to only get rejection letters. And then there's moments of joy when they sign the first contract or see their book on the bestsellers list. But I have to tell you, out of all the people I know and out of all the stories that I've heard from those writers, I think the stories that you're about to hear from Michelle Cox and how she got on this writing journey are some of the most amazing, so incredible and so exciting. You know, I love how Michelle says she never planned for this to be part of her story. She never saw herself as a writer, yet God put these opportunities in her life and she he's just opened doors. And I love that. You know, when we turn to God, when we trust him, when we give our lives to him, sometimes he takes us on journeys that we would never expect. And I am so excited about this interview with Michelle. Now, I interviewed her co-writer, Brian Bird, a couple months ago, and you can go back on my podcast and find his episode. Brian is a writer, a producer of some amazing things, including When Calls the Heart. And today we're going to be talking about their book that uh, Michelle wrote with Brian. It called, it's When God Calls the Heart at Christmas. And we're going to be talking about the book, but most of all, I am just so excited about Michelle's story. So let me tell you a little bit about her. Michelle Cox is a speaker and the best-selling award-winning author of 14 books. Her newest books are When God Calls the Heart, Devotionals from Hope Valley, and When God Calls a Heart Journal, which she co-authored with executive producer Brian Bird. And Michelle also has 18 Summers, which she'll be talking about in this podcast too. But I know you are just going to love getting to know Michelle. Well, friends, I am so excited to have a new friend with us on Walk It Out today. We're going to be talking about the book, When Calls the Heart at Christmas. And um, last month, I had Brian Bird on, and we were talking about his life and movies and TV shows and all the wonderful things. And today, we are talking to his co-author, Michelle Cox. So, Michelle, welcome to Walk It Out. I'm thrilled to be with you today, Tricia. I'm so glad that you're here, and I would just love if you would just start by telling my listeners just a little bit more about yourself. Well, probably the most important thing they need to know is that I have six perfect grandchildren, <laughs> and uh, they are the joy of my life, and um, if they call, grandmama's not busy, so they are, they are my joy. 
Uh, but my husband and I have been married for 44 years. We have three sons, two of whom are in ministry. And our third son teaches at Gulf Coast College in Panama City, Florida. And so it's just been a true joy for me to walk through life and see what doors God's opened and walk through them and get to the end of it. And so that was a cool week. God, what are we going to do next week? So that's kind of my journey. Oh, I love that so much. Now, I know that you have written a number of books. I would just love to hear kind of how your writing journey all got started. I never intended to write. If you told me 15 years ago that I would be writing today, I would have said, and then the IRS will be voted most well-loved government agency, and I'll be a size two, neither of which is likely to happen in my lifetime. (laughs) But God had other plans, and I compiled a cookbook to welcome my son's bride to the family, invited our family and friends and her family and friends to send their recipes that had splatters on the card. And I wrote little stories about them and wrote a letter to my son and daughter-in-law and had 10 copies printed and gave it to her at the bridal shower and had orders for a hundred and I gave one to my pastor's wife and he called a few weeks later and he said, you need to do something with your writing. And I thought that was hysterical, but God kept nudging my heart until finally I got down on my knees one day and I said, okay, God, if that's what you want me to do, I'll do it. But we might have one small problem. Have you happened to notice that I can't write? (laughs) And then I heard that still small voice say, that's okay. I can. You just be willing and I'll take care of the rest. And I wish I could say it had been an easy journey from there on in, but I submitted my first article, had it rejected at Focus on the Family. And I said, see, God, I told you I couldn't write. And I quit for a year. Until time for the Blue Ridge Mountain Christian Waters Conference to roll around again, and God started nudging my heart again. And I got down on my knees and I said, Okay, God, I get it now. You didn't call me to be successful, you called me to be faithful. And I'm going to write to you if I never sell anything, if all I do is send a letter to a missionary to encourage them or whatever you want. My Whatever I have with writing skills, it's yours. And that's when things started happening. I got an email from another editor at Focus on the Family about a week later, and she said, I'm the editor of three publications. I saw the article that you sent, and I wondered if you'd be interested in writing for me. And I went on to write for six of the publications at Focus and then had my first book published. Now, what was your first book? Tell us a little bit about that. It was called Mothers Who Made a Difference, and I took the the stories of seven Bible moms, paired them with the lives of contemporary moms and showed how they're relevant in our lives as women today. For instance, I took the story of Jochebed, a story that most of us have heard so many times, but for the very first time, I got inside her heart as a mom. And for the first time, I thought about what it was like for her to stand on the banks of that river with that child that she loved more than life itself, holding him in her arms, kissing those little toes goodbye one last time, stroking the softness of his hair, putting him in that basket that she had lined with pitch and asphalt and her tears, knowing that unless God worked a miracle, she'd never see that child again. And I paired that with the story of my friend Teresa Bradley, a young mom who had terminal cancer, And she knew she wouldn't live to see her little boy grow up. And then I tied the stories together with the thought that there's no safer place to put one's child than to place them in God's hands. 
So it was stories like that of just getting in the hearts of Bible moms and really experiencing the Bible in a fresh new way that I never had before. Mm, I love that so much. And I just love how, I mean, even when you're talking, you could tell that, I mean, your words matter. Like you you could tell just the way you described everything that it really makes a difference. And I love that, you know, your pastor was the one that said you need to do something with that. And I think so many times we look at our own abilities and think, okay, I don't have very much, but you offered it to God and you, I know you had to work really hard. I mean, writing is a, is a really difficult career. Um, what do you think you learned in the process of taking those steps of faith and, and just really walking out what you felt God was calling you to do? You know, I, I think one of the biggest things I learned was that everything that I thought at the time was a failure, God saw as a stepping stone. And mm-hmm. I'm able now with the beauty of hindsight to look back and realize that those were the moments that either taught me something I needed to learn or gave me a connection to someone I needed to meet and really brought home that, you know, God's timeline might be different than mine. And even though sometimes I think mine should take precedence, his is always the better way. And so, you know, learning from my mistakes, soaking in the knowledge from people who were so kind to take me under their wings and mentor me, but just learning that none of it goes to waste, but God uses every little bit of what we do. Mm, I love that so much. I just, I have found that too in just the Christian writing industry. You know, I was 22 when I showed up at my first writer's conference, and yes, I'm going to be a Christian writer. No one laughed at me. <laughs> like, I was so ill-prepared. <laughs> but everyone was just so gracious, and I'm just so thankful for those who do take the time and just just help us and guide us and encourage us. And I, so how would um, you describe your journey, if you were to describe it to maybe just someone starting out? You know, I think it's absolutely hysterical would probably sum it up because looking back at my career, nothing has come about the way it's supposed to come about. You know, I can I can sit in a class at a conference and the instructor can say, now, if you want to do this, you have to do it this way and this way and this way. And I'm like, that's not how God sent it to me. And I wish I had time to tell you the whole story, but, I mean, who gets an option on a film at a conference they only went to to help their friend, the director, with faculty transportation based on a nonfiction book that hadn't been written. Okay, well, you didn't have to tell us a little bit of that story because <laughs> I, I want to hear that. So, but, I mean, if I had time to tell you, literally everything in my career has been like that, and I love yeah. it because that way I can't take the credit for it. Mm. It's so clear that God's done it, mm-hmm. and I love that. But I had a friend who started the Gideon Media Arts Conference and Film Festival, and it was the first year, and I told Lori, I said, hey, I'll be glad to help you anyway. Just let me know. And she said, how would you do faculty transportation back and forth to the airport? And I said, sure, I'll be glad to. And she said, just stay for the conference. And I said, well, I don't have any interest in media, but, you know, I'm sure I'll meet some nice people. And one of those nice people, actually, that I met that year was a man named Brian Bird, who we'll talk about in a little while. Yeah. But it was one of those time sessions that they were getting ready for classes, and I'm standing in the hallway looking at the brochure, and I'm like, okay, Lord, I have no interest in camera angles or lighting. Where do you want me to go? 
And I ended up in a songwriting class, which is hysterical because I don't know a note of music, but they were writing lyrics. And so our instructor had us pair with someone in the room, and she said, well, I don't have a clue what we can, you know, write about. And I said, well, I've got this idea. My pastor had dedicated a baby at church one Sunday, and as the parents turned to leave the platform, he said, don't forget you have just 18 summers. Go make some memories. And the moment I heard those words, I knew God wanted me to do something with them. And so I had come up with the idea for a nonfiction gift book that I was working on. So we wrote lyrics based on my nonfiction gift book idea. And when we went around the class at the end, the instructor had us read them and everyone in the class cried. And she said, you two need to finish them. But Angela was from California. I was from North Carolina. Nothing happened until the next year, a couple of weeks before time for the Gideon Media Conference again. And I thought, you know, she's going to be there. She's going to ask if we finished it. I better do it. So I finished the the song. It just so happened that a man in my church owned a recording studio, and I got with Larry, and we worked together, and he wrote the music. And we were going to record it the night before the conference, and I was going to have to sing, which is extra hysterical because we didn't have time to get anybody to learn it. And we got faculty transportation messed up, so we only had 20 minutes to do everything. And so we did a quick record. Larry said, go on out to the conference tomorrow. I'll bring it out. So I went the next day, setting Dave Moody from Lamont Records songwriting class, and he said, give me a sentence about what you're working on. And I gave him one sentence about just 18 summers. And the minute class was over, he made a beeline for me, and he said, I, I can't get this out of my mind. I, I want to hear the, the song. And I said, well, Larry's bringing it out in a little while. Here are the lyrics. He read the lyrics. He said, I love this. Let me know when the music gets here. Go with it. And so he listened to it, and he said, I've got to go to FanFest, but on the first time back in the office, I'll have a contract to you to record it. And the next morning at the conference, he came to me and he said, I really cannot get this out of my head. He said, you know, I own a film company. We need to make a movie about this. Now, Trisha, you've been in the industry long enough. I didn't even have a screenplay or a story. There wow. Was no story. And so we got the, I got the option. He paired me with um, Marsha Younger, who's from Adventures and Odyssey, uh, focus on the family with Toy Martin, who's a Christian comedian. And I had prayed for weeks, and I said, God, what do you want on the page? And I got the idea for a lot of the storyline. I just couldn't figure out how to start it and how to end it. And so I drove six hours to Nashville. I got to where we were meeting. Toy got there first. We were talking about, um, you know, what we are going to be working on. And he said, you know, I've been thinking – the women should be scrapbookers, and I thought, perfect, that ties the families together. Marshall gets there not knowing what we've been talking about, and he said, I've been thinking we should start with a graduation, end with a wedding, and Trisha, literally, in 10 minutes' time, we had the skeleton for the movie. Nothing overlapped, nothing conflicted, nothing was missing, and in six hours, we had all the scenes mapped out, every character named. And it, it was just amazing how God brought it all together. And so the option ran out before Dave was able to raise the funding for the film, but I've been working for the last year with a producer from Hollywood to raise the funding and get all the details together. But 
I mean, is that not hilarious how that came about? I mean, who gets anything like that? And the producers that I'm working with now, I didn't go out and see. I was at National Legis Broadcasters Convention waiting on my husband sitting at a table and a man came up and said, do you mind if I sit down? And I said, sure. And he said, oh, so you're in film. What do you do? And I said a sentence about just eighteen summers. He says, I've heard about that. Tell me more. And he sat there for like an hour asking questions. And I finally said, look, I have rambled on for an hour. You haven't even told me what you do. And he says, oh, I raise funding and produce movies. Oh, my goodness. And, and so that's how we ended up working together. And so it's, you know, it's been thing after thing after thing after thing like that. The Just 18 Summers novel was published by Tyndale. I pitched it at a conference to an uh, editor from another publishing house. And uh, a week or so later, got an email from Jan, who's one of the editors there. And she said, I overheard your pitch to so-and-so. I'd really like to see the proposal. So I got the contract for just 18 summers. So it's hilarious looking back at thing after thing after thing like that that's happened that I couldn't have planned in a million years. But the God who said, you be willing and I'll take care of the rest has done an amazing job. Mm, I love that so much. And it it really is that moment of relinquishment, isn't it? It's that we really say, God, it's all up to you. And he's like, oh, you just wait. You just wait and see what I can do. And it just shows that um, we have no idea. I love the verse, you know, God does exceedingly more than we ask or imagine. I mean, God's like, wait, just wait until you see what I have in store. Yeah, and that's the thing. I've discovered his dreams for me have been so much bigger than anything that I had. And, you know, as I'm sure you've discovered as well with what you do, God's given us something that we enjoy so much, that we love so much, and has allowed us to do that. And that just boggles my mind that he lets me do what I do. Mm, I love that so much, which is a perfect lead-in to your new project, um, When God Calls the Heart devotions from Hope Valley. But before we dig into that specifically, I would just love to hear just your connection with Brian Bird and um, how you got involved in working with him. Well, like I say, I met him that first year that I did faculty transportation at the Gideon Media Arts Conference. He was one of the ones I picked up at the airport. And so we stayed in contact at different conferences through the years. And we were both on faculty two years ago at the Blue Ridge Mountain Christian Writers Conference and every night during the con- every year during the conference we take one evening and the faculty goes into town at the end of the day and we grab some pizza and have some time just to fellowship together and there were about probably 16 to 20 of us that night and it just so happened that I ended up sitting next to Brian and it was good because I had a message to deliver for my seven-year-old granddaughter who was a big fan of When Calls the mm-hmm. Heart. And she said to tell him that she loved it when Jack and Elizabeth kissed and to ask if he could make that happen more often. <laughs> so I, I delivered her message. And, you know, Brian, we talked a little bit more. And I've done a number of devotional books. And Brian said, yeah, I've always wanted to do a devotional book based on the show. He said, but I know there's no way to get it done in time for the start of the new season because this was like May the 23rd when we were talking the new season would start in February. And I told him, I said, you know, I might know one publisher who could make that happen. And so we kept talking that evening, and it just made such sense for the two of us to work together. So 
when we got back to the hotel at the conference center, I emailed my publisher, Cotton Garboard at Broad Street, and I said, hey, you know, had pizza with Brian tonight. We talked about this. Would you be interested? And two minutes later, I had an email, yes, we want to do the book. And we had our first conference call the next day. <laughs> and we, we had to, this was May 23rd, and we had to have it finished by the, by July. And I had just finished two books in nine weeks, four days before the conference started. And Brian had a film release, and we both had multiple conferences during that time frame. We had to get permissions from Crown Media, from Hallmark, from Brian's business partners, from Jeanette Oates Publishers, permission to use photos. I mean, it was a really involved process. And I, I, I mentioned it to my agent that next morning, and he said, well, you'll never find a publisher that can do it that fast. And I said, Yes, I think I can. And he said, well, even if you can, there's no way you can get it written. And I said, if we find the publisher, we'll have it written. And God helped us, and we did. And that one, that one, the first one, when God Calls the Heart Devotion from Hope Valley came out in February. And now the new one, When God Calls the Heart at Christmas, came out in September. I just love it. It just takes that, that step of faith. I mean, for you just going back and starting the email, sending the email and getting it started. And um, you're right. All those pieces are like big, big things when it comes to publishing. But I love how, you know, now you have two books out from that one conversation. And again, I just love how it's taking those steps of faith. And we'll be out in January when God calls the heart to love. So oh. we got three done, and we're talking with the publisher about doing the next one. Oh, I love that so much. So tell us a little bit about when God calls the heart at Christmas. Well, I love Christmas, and Brian's family does as well. And with the Christmas, you know, the Christmas movies each year with When Calls the Heart, it just seemed like such a natural fit for us to do the next book about Christmas. And so we've done 25 days of devotions. We take the episodes from the show. We find the God moments hidden in there. And then we put the spiritual applications in the devotions. We add a prayer, a verse of scripture, some things to reflect on. And then we invited the Hardys, the fans of the show, who are like Trekkies on steroids. And we invited them to send their holiday recipes, their traditions, their Christmas stories. And they and God sent us some amazing things for the book. And so it was really fun to see what came in and to see how all of it fit together and how even for the pictures of the recipes that God showed up and sent things that just amazed us along the way. That is so cool. I love that you used the Hardys. And I know when I talked to Brian, he just... I, this group came from out of nowhere, it seems, just this, this powerhouse of people that just support the show and now support the books. And I just love how when there's good media, when there's something clean and wholesome and something that they could really get behind, that these people have really shown up and, and just done such a wonderful job in promoting When Calls the Heart. And I, I, it's so cool that you were able to include them in this book. Well, see, I was a hearty, long before Brian and I started working on the book, I had watched every episode, loved the show, very familiar with it. And so, you know, we say it was hearty for hearties writing the books. And so it's been a pleasure for us. And, you know, I've gotten to meet so many of the hearties, and they are the sweetest, most wonderful, most loving people in the world. And they are the wonderful bonus for getting to do what we do and just 
such amazing people and people with like hearts who are hungry for something with our kind of values that our children and grandchildren can sit down and watch with us and that we don't mind our children or grandchildren, you know, patterning after. Like my little granddaughter, excuse me, my little granddaughters were over here one day and they got all my small tables and filled up my foyer and put candles and tablecloths and flowers and made Abigail's Cafe. And then I heard, Granddaddy, can you come be Jack? <laughs> and I, I love it that there's a show that I don't mind them, you know, taking what they see and putting it into action. And so I think that's just a wonderful common bond for all of us. And then the stories of how God used the first book have just so touched my heart. And just amazed me beyond words. Oh, I love that so much. How those, the fruit of that just keeps going out and blessing people. That is so cool. And I also know that you recently got to go to Hope Valley, right? I did. We were just up there about two weeks ago, and it was so much fun. The set was dressed for Christmas, and we appreciated them doing that for our book. But they were filming the last scenes for the Christmas show, and they had real snow. And so it was just so beautiful with everything dressed for the holidays on the set and to just hang out in Hope Valley for a little while. And, you know, I've I've often said I have the best job in the world. I get to sit at home in my den or out on my porch swing on the deck in my pajamas and watch Wind Calls the Heart and call it my job. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. it, it's a good job, and then I get to hang out with some of the nicest people in the world and work with Brian Bird, who, who's also one of the sweetest people ever. Yeah, he is great. And um, I also know that you got to – did you meet some of the actors while you are up there too? We did, and they're so sweet. It's been such a pleasure to get to know them and, and to find out little things like, you know, Henry Gowling, Martin Cummings, who plays Henry Gowling, is absolutely hysterical and such a nice guy. And to, you know, just to get to sit down and to chat with them and get to know them a little bit and uh, has been so much fun. And then for me, the highlight has been getting to know Jeanette Oak and to spend time with her and just hear from her heart. I had uh, emailed her to tell her about some of the stories we were hearing because we had one lady who wrote us to tell us that she had bought copies of the devotional books for everyone in her chemotherapy group and every week when they had chemo they were doing a devotion together oh wow we had heard from one of the hardies who had delivered supplies to a hotel where people had taken refuge from flooding in their homes and she heard the voices from when calls the heart of course had to go investigate and the parents told her that the children and teens had been so bored they'd gone out and bought whatever they could find just to keep them busy they'd never seen the show and on impulse, they bought a copy of our devotional book. And the Hardy said later that afternoon, she walked through the lobby, and the teenagers were having an impromptu devotional session. And she said the parents looked so bewildered. And she said, what's wrong? And she said, well, these kids have never been to church before. They've never opened the Bible. And yet they were sitting there having devotions, and several weeks later on Easter Sunday afternoon, I got an email from the Hardy, and she said, 
I just learned those teens went to church today for the very first time, and weeks later they were still going. And so I had written Jeanette to tell her, you know, some of those stories. And I loved what she replied. She said, I pray every day for my paper missionaries that go to people I will never meet. Oh, wow. What a beautiful way to look at that. And yet that's what they are. You know, they're they're God's word. You know, that's been one of the highlights of my life is to get to sit with Jeanette and to hear her heart and just to be around this precious, precious lady who has touched so many people through her books and then through the Lepkin Softly and, and now Lynn Calls the Heart. It's just been a, a real, real privilege for me. Yeah, I love that so much because um, those were the first books that I read as a teenager. I hadn't even dedicated my life to God, but someone had lent those books to my mom, and I remember just loving them and reading them over and over again, um, not realizing even then the seeds that God was planting in my heart. So I have a special place in my heart for all of her books. Well, and you know, that's the thing about books and about movies and television. We reach an audience that sometimes will never, ever walk through the doors of a church. But yet they'll pick up a book or they'll go see a movie or they'll watch a television show. And so, you know, again, I love Jeanette's paper missionaries because that's really what they are. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and I just love that God has taken you on this unexpected journey and that your books are now going out and they're doing that and impacting so many people. And I can't wait to hear more about the movie. You're going to have to let me know when that's available too, and we'll talk again. Um, but for all of those who are just interested in learning more about this book and about you, where can they go online to find more information? The easiest place to go is when God calls the heart.com. And it's got information there about ordering the books. They're available at Lockway and Barnes & Noble and Hallmark Gold Crown stores, Amazon, Christian Book, all retailers online. Oh, I love that. And where can they find more information about um, the other things that you've written, too? Yeah, um, my, my other main website is just 18summers.com, and they'll either go with the numerals or spelled out either one. And we have a parenting blog there. have a staff of writers. We have a a blog post Monday through Friday and just hope to encourage and inspire parents to slow down and enjoy the journey because 18 years sounds like a long time, but there's something about realizing that you have 18 summers that really brings it home, especially when 10 or 12 of those are already gone because we can't go back and rewind yesterday. So just to slow down and enjoy those precious moments that God gives along the way. Mm, I love that so much. Well, Michelle, thank you for being here. I just am so glad that I consider you a new friend now and that I got to hear more of your story. So thank you so much for just joining us today. Oh, pleasure to be with you. Thanks so much, Tricia. Okay, what did you think of that? I just love how God put Michelle in these out-of-the-box situations that just gave her the opportunity to meet people who she ended up collaborating with, connecting with, and being able to take her words into print and then be able to bless people out there. It is so amazing that when we trust God and when we turn to Him and when we look expectantly for what He's going to do in our lives, sometimes He just um, impresses us with what He can come up with. It's more than we can expect or imagine. And today's 
walk it out verse is Proverbs 3, 5. And it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not in your own understanding. And I love how Michelle shared that she didn't know what was happening. She had no idea how God was going to use her. She said she never called herself a writer, but yet she trusted Lord with all her heart. And she didn't lean in her own understanding, but instead she turned to God and has been a part of this amazing journey. And I know, friend, that you may be saying, well, that's okay. God can do that for her, but not me. But I guarantee, I know he's done it with Michelle. He's done it with me. He's done it with others. When you trust him, when you look for those people he brings into your life, the situations, know that that is from God. It's not a coincidence and that you can trust him and take those steps of faith. It's the scariest thing really to step out into the unknown, but nothing in our lives is for sure. Um, We can't control ourselves. We can always keep ourselves in comfort and in safety, but instead we need to be willing to step forward and take those walks of faith, those steps of faith, and really walk out what we feel God is asking us to do. So I'm just going to say a prayer for all of us. First, Lord, I just thank you so much for Michelle. I just thank you for the example of what she has done to just walk out the faith that even though she didn't call herself a writer, that clearly you have put this call on her life. I pray for her that you will bless her, bless Brian, bless all they're doing. And also I pray for the listener they may think that they have been overlooked, that you um, are just taking care of everyone else, but not them. Lord, I just pray that you'll just wrap your arms around them and comfort them today. May they see your hand in so many things, and may they know that they can trust you. And if there's areas where they need to step out in faith, I pray that they will do that and find you there. Amen. Well, friend, thank you so much for tuning in to Walk It Out today. I am so blessed to connect with you um, anytime. If you want to let me know what you think about the show, you can always email me at trisha at trishagoyer.com. Like always, this podcast is here because of my wonderful publisher, David C. Cook. They publish materials that go into over 100 countries. And they are a nonprofit that really produce books so they can turn around and spread the gospel all around the world. They're the publishers of my two books, Walk It Out, The Radical Result of Living God's Word One Step at a Time, and then my newest book, Calming Angry Kids, Hope and Help for Parents in the Whirlwind. And um, check out those books and also check out my publisher. So I am just so thankful for you. I'm so thankful for you tuning in and for connect with me and letting me know about this podcast. I am so excited about some of the guests we have coming up. So make sure you make a note to always check and see when the new episode's out. I hope you will be blessed. Today's podcast was edited and produced by Author Media. Opening and closing music is from the song Wide Open Space by Life Worship, used with permission from Integrity Music.